Welcome to Thomas Anonymous with Tommy Natoli. That's me. Today I have Jingling Down Your Chimney, Chapter 12. Santa came. Halloween is now the appetizer of the holiday season. In fact, this year I saw a Christmas commercial two days before Halloween. And if that doesn't make you want to kill yourself, I don't know what will. Christmas is awesome. Hanukkah is beautiful. And I don't really know about any other, so sorry. I'm a huge fan of anything that sparkles and is super over-the-top annoying. And that is exactly what Christmas is. A sparkly, annoying mess. And I love it. If a craft room could have a cum shot, it would be Christmas. Ho, ho, ho! Hold on, Santa, we're gonna get to you in a minute, bruh. I love Christmas. I also hate Christmas. For the same reasons everyone hates Christmas. The commercialism, the stress of money, the stupid decision to get a real tree and then realizing the needle dropping is endless and oh my god, what a hassle, what the fuck was I thinking? But I love the decorations and like that whole warm, glowy, Christmassy ambiance. I find myself each year tapping more and more into my inner gay interior decorator, wanting to make my Christmases the biggest, gayest Christmases ever. The lady at the hardware store, when I was buying my tree stand, asked me what my colors were. I was like, I get to have colors? Talk about a stupid gay guy. Yeah, you get to have colors. Theme colors. But it's a process. My Christmas decor, I would say, is transitioning right now. See, I used to love like super tacky 99 cent store over the topness, which I always will respect, but now I'm more into home goods over the topness and it's really working for me. I'm just dipping my toes in the gay decor waters right now, but look out because in a few years, my Christmas is gonna be an unstoppable national treasure. When I think of Christmas, the first thing that comes to mind is the mouse calendar. Back in the day, my mom sold Avon and we got one of those cloth calendars from Avon and it had pockets for each day of the month and a little cloth mouse that you would put in each day to count down to Christmas. Me and my sisters would have World War blood battles over who got to move that fucking mouse. It was supposed to be that we all took turns, but someone would always screw it up and then the biggest fights would ensue. Mom, Berta moved the mouse. It was my turn. No, it was my turn. Nuh-uh. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, will you cut the shit? My first memories of Christmas are in Boston, between like four or five years old, and Santa was so magical. And what was so great was that that magic was confirmed and validated by adults, parents, so it was like, oh my god, magic and Santa and the North Pole is real! Those first Christmas memories, my mom was young and single, and, and honestly, I can't even imagine being in my late 20s alone and having to deal with three kids for Christmas. Mm. Go girl! Go power! And I know, I hate to admit it, but Fat Matt was kind of right. She should have just had an abortion. I'm Tommy Natoli and I approve this message. At the time, obviously, we weren't swimming in a pool of money, but as most poor kids will tell you, it wasn't a big deal because before you're in, like, the social structure of public school, you don't really know what you're missing out on. The Christmas rules as a kid, and I feel like this is an international Christmas rule, was that on Christmas morning, you're allowed to look through your stocking, but you had to wait for mom or dad or whoever 
whoever to open the presents. That first Christmas memory of mine, we each got like a present and then a stocking, but we were just so happy about it. Santa came! The decorations were up, the air had that December chill, mom let us like jump in bed while she pretended she was gonna sleep in late, Bob the diddler had moved out. I mean, life was great! I think that might have been the Christmas miracle year. One of those early year Christmases, we had present time, got ready to go to church, and then when my mom opened the door to leave, there were piles and piles of presents left on our apartment doorstep. The memory is super fuzzy, but apparently some awesome church person made sure that we had tons of clothes and toys and a Christmas we definitely did not expect. Aw, humanity, yay. So thank you, stranger church person from the 80s. You're cool and probably dead. Whatever. Merry Christmas. Our first Christmas with Fat Matt, I was six and we had all moved into my grandfather's house. Papa's house on Dodge Road. Although Papa wasn't there, I think they had just staged a coup or something. I don't know. I do know for sure that some grown-up drama went down and it was tense between Fat Matt and his new in-law. All I can tell you that I know for sure is that one time at Papa's house, Fat Matt sat on a chair on the back deck and the chair buckled, broke, and he fell flat on his fat ass. Memories. Ha ha. That Dodge Road Christmas at Papa's, I remember waking up Christmas morning and having that authentic sensation of Santa came! And I got a remote control car, which was super fun, and I used to chase the cat with it. I got a bar of soap in the shape of a teddy bear. Okay. And a really cool Ninja Turtle car that you could jam a jigsawed piece of plastic into and then zip it out and it would shoot across the room. Santa is awesome! That was our last Christmas in Boston because soon after, my mom ghosted my grandfather. Yeah, she ghosted her own dad. She don't play, motherfucker! And it was so random too, like we were never told when we were Moving, it would just be like, hey, how was your day? Great, get in the van, we're out of here. Oh, okay. Hmm. The first Wareham Christmas was probably the most Christmassy Christmas of my childhood because we were in a real life house. No apartment, no other family member's house, it was just us. It was the first Christmas with like a fireplace, the whole nine Christmas yards. And to give Fat Matt and my mom some credit where credit is due, they really did try their first year together to make Christmas magic. As they should have since we all just ghosted my grandfather. Hey, what's going on with that? Oh, we can't ask that question? Got it. It was Christmas morning on Weaver Street in Wareham, and Santa came! My sisters and I were blurry-eyed and excited as my mother held us back in the hallway so that Fat Matt could light a fire, put all the Christmas lights on, and we could enter into a cozy Christmas morning living room. It wasn't obnoxious presents up to the ceiling. We each got a nice small pile of presents, but it was definitely way better than the one present Christmas church person miracle days. And I'm really grateful for this little warm Christmas memory I have. In the and minefield of mom and fat Matt memories, this is the one rare gem that has no verbal abuse or anything negative attached to it. Except maybe fat Matt's ass crack hanging out of his pants while he tended the fire, but that's probably the most normal dad thing I ever got from him. Hey fatty Matty, Merry Christmas. The next year after that quaint Hallmark Christmas, third grade was my last full believing Santa year. The build up to Christmas that year was the last time I was a full true believer. I loved Christmas so much, like every part of it. I did a lot of hanging out with the Christmas tree and decorations. Like I loved laying under the tree and looking up at the branches and the lights and the ornaments. To me, the Christmas tree was like a giant apartment building complex where all the ornaments lived. And they each were a character with their own little tree apartment and they all had a story to tell. And I would talk to them and say, 
sing to them, and I was fully fucking obsessed with all the ornaments. I would make up stories for them, I would make them fly around the tree visiting their friends. Uh, yeah, they could fly, duh. And they would all have little Christmas jobs they were doing, getting ready for the big day. Because of this nonsense, my mother always had to put her nice ornaments on the top of the tree where I could not reach them to make them part of my insane games. But the joke's on her because they were still part of the game. They became the super rich landlords that nobody could touch or visit. You know, as a third grader, I really did have my pulse on society. <laughs> I loved Christmas so much that I used to creepily touch and stroke our empty stockings like a crazy ex-girlfriend. And I would actually think, <gasps> Santa's gloves touched the stocking last year. His hands touched the stocking. I'm touching the stocking that Santa touched. <gasps> Santa! I would get all sorts of magical excited. Sadly, the magic of Santa only lasts for so long. And I wish, wish, wish it could have lasted a little bit longer than it did. For me, there were two big smoking guns that let the Santa secret out of the Christmas bag. One, a flashlight. Two, the Santa letter. That year, on Christmas Eve, as I woke up in the middle of the night with pure excitement bursting through my little body, I heard Mom and Fat Matt shuffling up and down the hallway, and my mom kept saying, shh, as Fat Matt followed behind her like her demented elf. Mmm, cookies. As they passed my door, I could hear Fat Matt say, Oh shit, Christine, did we get batteries for the flashlight? I realized it was not morning yet and somehow managed to go back to sleep. I was super excited, not just because Santa was coming and presents and all of that, but also because that year I left a Santa note on the table next to his milk and cookies. And I was for sure he was going to take care of what I asked him. In the note, I asked and begged with bold underlines and capitalized words to use his magic to move all of the firewood from outside to inside. You see, my third grade part-time job at home was to go outside in the piercing freezing cold, gather firewood, and bring it into the basement so Fat Matt could burn it. It was constant. Tommy, go get some wood! Tommy, three more loads of wood, let's go! Tommy, wood run, let's go! Tommy, wood, now! And I was like a girly third grader, so holding one log was like carrying a 500 pound bag of potatoes. I hated the whole firewood situation so much. So I took initiative. I wrote a note to Santa, I left it by his cookies, and I said, please, just use a little bit of your awesome magic and move all the firewood into the basement. This made total sense to me. He has magic, so why not just have him move all the wood inside so that we, I, don't have to keep going back out in the cold to get wood. Makes total sense, right? Eventually, I was waking up and it was Christmas morning. <gasps> Santa came! But all my magical Santa Christmas beliefs got flushed down the Christmas toilet quickly. The first big letdown and disappointment was my note to Santa. It was the first thing I checked after I tacked my stocking. I ran over to the table with the milk and cookies. I could see that he had taken a bite and I got so excited. <gasps> oh my God, it's Santa's teeth marks. I can't wait to touch those later. Oh my God, my note. <gasps> he wrote back. I grabbed the note and as my third grade reading level eyes made it through his response that was written in blue crayon, the life, love, and magic of Christmas was sucked right out of my soul. Santa sure did write me back and he said, sorry, Tommy, maybe next year. What? The Christmas fuck? 
Are you kidding me, Santa? Dude, you are fucking magic! All you had to do on your way out is wiggle your nose or snap your fingers and then BAM! The firewood could all be inside! How was my plan not clear? But instead, you leave me a sorry maybe next year note? Fuck you, Santa, you fucking dick! The Christmas wind was knocked right out of me knowing that I now had to face at least three more months of carrying firewood into the fucking house. That was my first red flag that Christmas morning. The second red flag, and smoking gun in the case of Santa the fucking dickhead, was my flashlight. I got a super cool big red flashlight that also had an AM FM radio in it so you could listen to Kiss 108 while you were shining your stupid light around. But the flaw with this gift was that before I opened it, the tag said, To Tommy, from Santa. Yeah, whatever you know, magic cabin motherfucker. I ripped open the paper, discovered the flashlight, and was like, Wow, cool! Fat Matt chimed in with, Yeah, and we have batteries too. Suddenly, the night before flashed back into my mind when I heard them in the hallway. Oh shit, Christine, did we get batteries for his flashlight? 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 Man, I'm fat. I tried to shake the annoying, echoing voices out of my head, but the flashlight said it was from Santa. How did they know I had a flashlight if Santa hadn't even... God fucking damn it. Are you kidding me? This whole thing has been a charade? You guys just pretend Santa's real. Ugh! I looked up to the heavens, closed my eyes, and thought, planet Earth is bullshit. Where's the exit? What do you mean there's no exit? Ah, fuck. And that was that. Third grade and bam, Christmas was over. The icing on my gay cake that year was that I got yelled at all day for playing with my sister's new hot pink Barbie car and Barbies. Why don't you use the racetrack we just got you? Ugh. Because new Barbie fresh out of the box is always her best hair day. Everyone knows that. Plus, this isn't Barbie, it's her kid sister, Skipper. God, leave me alone. The next year, I faked it and tried really hard to forget the year before. Denial, woo! Maybe I'd been wrong. Yeah, maybe I was just paranoid. No, Christmas was real, you guys. The magic is real. Santa came. No, it was still fake as fuck. But you still got to have presents, so even though the whole Santa sham sucked, presents were cool, and by fifth grade, I told my mom I knew the truth but that I still wanted her to write Santa on some of the presents, cause Christmas integrity, duh. The year after that was a bust, not because of bad presents or anything, but because my mom decided that year not to wrap any presents. So you just woke up, looked under the tree, and it was like, spoiler alert central. Santa came! Oh, and he left a train set, a poster, and a radio. Cool, thanks, back to bed. Like, just because I learned the truth about Santa doesn't mean you get to stop wrapping gifts, you lazy cow. I'm really grateful that by the time I was 15, I escaped Fat Matt and my mom and started having fabulous Christmases at my Auntie Patty's house. Auntie Patty took on an insane amount of my creative abuse and lived through me calling her Mimi, my French maid, as well as labeling her my limo driver and personal chef. And she laughed through most of that silliness, but most importantly, she saved me from the pits of hell that was mom and Fat Matt. I loved being at Auntie Patty's so much because there was no judgment. It was truly like my salvation in a lot of ways and I'm really forever thankful for that. At Patty's, I could wrap myself up in a blanket gown and towel turban, throw some makeup on, and then demand everyone call me her majesty all weekend. And nobody cared. What? And they would even humor me and indeed call me her majesty all weekend. Usually because I was carrying a curtain rod around and I would hit things with it, but still, me. I felt like I'd moved into Cinderella's castle at Disney World. There was no harassment about the way I 
that acted, no random racist and gay slurs being thrown around. Instead of insults in response to my blanket gowns, I would get history monologues from Auntie Patty about Marie Antoinette and other cool shit I never knew existed. Hitler was a bad guy. Auntie Patty always had Christmas Eve parties with her special meatball recipe and beautifully wrapped presents that looked like they were the fancy kind wrapped in the stores. Just perfection. She would usually have a cute tabletop tree and would leave some presents underneath it, but most of the presents she would spread out and arrange on top of the piano. Christmas morning, I went downstairs, I saw the spread of beautiful gifts, and I announced at the top of my lungs, Santa came! All over the piano. Hmm. It, yay! Make sure to follow me on Instagram at the Tommy Natoli. And you can also follow the show on Instagram at Thomas Anonymous Pod. Leave us a review on iTunes or just take a screenshot of some nice words you wrote and put it on the socials. What do I care? Express yourself. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye! <laughs>